the Crossroad International Church podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. written by a Baptist preacher in prison. It's been translated into many different languages, movies, and it was written by a man by the name of John Bunyan, and it was Pilgrim's Progress. And so all through as you read Pilgrim's Progress, it's it's a story within a story. And that's what Paul is saying here. I'm going to give you the, the story inside of the story. This is actually what he's talking about is two different ways of living. Each of these woman, women stand for a different way of approaching God. One is a way or a way of living for God. For us, they represent the miraculous life that God wants us to lead, which is Isaac through Sarah, the free woman are the natural life which is devoid of God's intervention. All through the book of Galatians, what we've been talking about is, Paul said, Galatians, you were saved by faith. Now you have these people trying to get you to go back under the law. We even find that some in the church today. There's a whole group of the church that are saying you can't be a Christian if you don't keep the Jewish feast and the the Jewish ceremonies, but the Bible says it is the blood of Jesus, which is represented by communion tonight, plus nothing. I can't work my way to heaven. I can't pay my way to heaven. I can't pray my way to heaven. I can only get to heaven by accepting Jesus as my Savior. That's what the whole book of Galatians is about. So here we're looking at basically two different viewpoints or two different worldviews from Scripture. One is salvation by works. The other is salvation by faith. One is natural, Ishmael. The other is supernatural, Isaac. One is limited to what we can do. The other is unlimited by what God can do. The one is based on unbelief or doubt, our impatience, not wanting to wait until the promise comes, and the other is based on faith. One looks at the present circumstances. I don't have a son, but God promised it 25 years ago. God, what are you doing? And then the other one looks at God's promise, not at present circumstances. I think in either the first or second message that Pastor Dell preached in this series, he made a statement, don't let your past failures 
mess up your present circumstances so you can't look at your future that God has for you. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in the bad stuff we did back there that we realize today, well, I shouldn't try because I messed up there. I'll probably mess up here. And then that affects our future as well. Hagar gave birth to Ishmael and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Let me just show you a little parallel between the two of them. Ishmael was the son of a slave. Isaac was the son of a free woman. Ishmael was a natural conception. Isaac was a miraculous conception. Abraham was 99, Sarah was 89. Ishmael represents the Mosaic covenant or the law. Isaac represents the new covenant of grace in Jesus Christ. Ishmael persecuted the son of promise, Isaac, when he was about three years old. And then Isaac was persecuted by the natural son of the flesh. And what's interesting is Ishmael did not inherit because Isaac was the heir. So we can basically summarize this allegory in Galatians and from the book of Genesis this way. There was one man, his name was Abraham, and he had two sons by two mothers. The two mothers represent the two covenants, law and grace. One comes from the earth, one comes from heaven. The law produces bondage, but grace produces freedom. And then this is the difference between every religion and Christianity. You do realize that Christianity is the only religion that cannot show you the tomb of their great leader. All we can show you is an empty grave. No place to go see the bones or whatever because we are different. It's interesting, Abraham was called the father of faith. He has this great promise from God when he's about 75 years old. Hey, you're going to have a kid. You and Sarah are going to have a son. And just walk out, Abraham. Look up at the sky. See all of those stars? Your descendants are going to be as many as the stars. Count them. Look at the seashore. Now, this will really mean something to us here in Kuwait. Your descendants are going to be as numerous as the sands by the sea. How many grains of sand are there in Kuwait? <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch and the descendants of Abraham and Sarah were going to be a great multitude they traveled and they come to the land of Cana one year goes by two years go by ten years go by still no kid so Sarah has a great idea, 
and this was custom during that time. This wasn't anything that was really unusual. She said, Abraham, take my servant Hagar as your wife so that she can have a child for me. And that's what happened. So here is the father of faith that can't wait for the promise to be fulfilled. Maybe he's trying to help God fulfill the promise. I, don't, I know none of you have ever tried to help God out. <laughs> I'm the only one that ever does that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure of it. You, you guys, you know, I, I just know members of CIC, you're, you're perfect. Amen? No. <laughs> but here Abraham has a son by Hagar. And everything's cool. Here's his heir. Here's his firstborn. Loves this boy. But now there's trouble in the tent. Because Hagar begins to despise Sarah. Because Sarah's barren and Hagar is not. And so there's some strife. And if you read the story, Hagar gets tired and she, you know, runs away because Sarah's not very nice to her. And God tells her to come back, that whole thing. And then about another 14 years or so, God comes back to Abraham and said, hey, Now's the time to fulfill that promise. You're 99, Sarah's 89, it is impossible. So you're going to see what God can do. The promise is going to come through a miracle. Nine months later, Sarah gives birth to Isaac. And then according to custom, at about three or four years old, Isaac is weaned. And they have a big party and the Bible says that Ishmael starts, I don't know, making fun of Isaac or despising Isaac. I don't know exactly what he did. It doesn't say other than he despised him. I don't know what he did. But Sarah got upset that here my son is the son of promise. My son is to be the heir. Now this son of this my slave who... Oh, I forgot, I gave her to you, and this was all my idea. <laughs> He's not to be the heir. See, Abraham, by stepping in, got half of the promise right. Ishmael was his son, but that wasn't the promise. The promise wasn't that, Abraham, you will have a son. The promise was, Abraham, you and Sarah will have a son. See, Sarah was just as important to the plan of God as Abraham was. And when Abraham took it into his own hands and did it his way, then he kind of messed up the promise. We're still dealing with it today in some of the things that are going on around the world between the sons of Abraham or the sons of Isaac and the sons of Ishmael. Sarah was an important part of the promise. But God wanted to let them know that it wasn't anything they could do on their own. It was going to take a miraculous intervention from God.
God is never late. But very seldom does he ever show up early. <laughs> I remember one time my dad and I were trying to find something. We were out in the, in the middle of nowhere in northern Arkansas, and we were trying to find a guy's house. And a fellow told us, oh, you can't miss it. You just go down this road and... You go for a ways and you'll see a big barn on the left and you turn left at that big barn and you go out a little ways and you can't miss the place. So we drove and drove and drove and drove. Never did see a barn. Turned around and went back and said, hey, or, we never did see that barn. And the guy goes, oh, that's right. It burned down about 20 years ago. <laughs> See, sometimes when we try to find our way and do it ourselves, sometimes we get wrong directions. And then I was going somewhere one time, and my GPS said, you're there, and there was nothing there. So I pulled in this little drive, turned around, went back to get directions, and I had turned around in the driveway where I was supposed to be. I just couldn't see the house behind the trees, so... Sometimes even when we get there, we don't know we're there. Partial obedience, that's what Abraham did, partial obedience. He tried to take it into his own hands. Yeah, God, okay, I will have a son through Hagar, not Sarah. Well, in God's eyes, partial obedience is disobedience. Maybe Abraham was thinking the ends justifies the means God wants me to have an heir that's what that's the end that God wants so whatever means we use to get to that end it's okay but I've learned with God the means are just as as important as getting the end result doing it God's way not doing it our way see Sarah was important for this promise to take place. From Abraham came two vast streams of humanity. When Hagar and Ishmael were cast out of the, the family, God promised Abraham that I will make a nation of Ishmael. And then God promised Hagar in the desert, remember she thought they were going to die and then they found the well. She said, I will make him a mighty nation. I will give him 12 princes. The same promise that God gave to Isaac. So these two mighty streams of humanity. God works... In streams of humanity like this, there was Abraham, Hagar, Ishmael, Mount Sinai, the law, earthly Jerusalem, bondage, and death. The other stream was a stream of faith of humanity, and it goes like this. So the first was the stream of works. Working your way to heaven. 
doing good to get there. Abraham, Hagar, Ishmael, Mount Sinai, the law, earthly Jerusalem, bondage, and death. The faith stream of, of humanity goes like this. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Mount Zion, the gospel, grace, the heavenly Jerusalem, and life eternal. It's interesting to note at both of these streams, who stands at the head? Abraham. Abraham is the head of both the stream of Ishmael, he's the father of Ishmael, and he's the head of the stream of faith, he is the father of Isaac. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans that it's not enough just to be a descendant of Abraham. Because Ishmael was a descendant of Abraham and everyone that came after Ishmael was a descendant of Abraham. It's not enough just to be a descendant of Abraham. We also must be a descendant of Abraham and Sarah, a descendant of the promise. So if I would give a title to this message, I wrote down, Be Free, but when I got to the end of it, and I realized it's not who is your daddy. That's a big saying in America, who's your daddy? No, the real key here is, yeah, my daddy's Abraham. That's not what counts. So I guess the title of this message is, Who's Your Mama? <laughs> if your mama's Sarah, you're okay. If your mama's Faith, we have some hot sauce where I come from that says, Slap your mama. <laughs> is that hot? Wants to, no, forget that. That. Erase that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the, the whole thing here. And that's what Paul is using this allegory to tell these Jewish um, guys that have come to Galatia trying to get them to go back to the law, get them to go back to the things of Hagar, the law, bondage and he's telling them guys you're following the wrong mama you're following the wrong line of abraham it's not about works it's not about what you do it's about who you are it's about being called by god it's about walking in faith I've told this story before. One of my pastors and professors at Bible college, he had a dream. And in this dream, he went to heaven. And outside of heaven were two big garbage cans outside the gates of heaven. And as you walked up to heaven, you had to throw away all of the garbage that you were trying to take into heaven with you. And so in one of the garbage cans, he threw the books that he had written about theology and the Bible and those things. 
He had to throw in the garbage can all of his degrees and the education that he did in seminary and all of those. He said he had to throw away his title of pastor and he'd been a Sunday school teacher and he was a singer and all of these things that he had done, he had to throw into the garbage can outside of the gates of heaven. And he said he realized when he finally got to the gates of heaven, he had nothing on but a robe of righteousness of Christ. And the gates opened. See, as long as he had all of the stuff that we think is so important to be a Christian, the gates wouldn't open. But we had to get, he had to get rid of all of the stuff and get down to the bare essentials is it's nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's what this whole allegory is about. Two covenants, two mothers, two sons, one father. And my question tonight is, which way will you go? Who do you choose? Do you choose the path of works or the path of faith? Now, the tendency is, oh, forget the works. Let's go with faith. It's easier. My oldest son always wanted a job where he could make lots of money and not have to work. I've never found it. He's never found it either. <laughs> but sometimes we think, we hear this, oh, you don't have to work your way to heaven. All you have to do is have faith. So I don't have to do anything. I can just relax and oh, pastor said I don't have to come to church to be saved. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to pray. I don't have to, oh man, this sounds really good. Well, that's not the whole story. See, the Bible says that because we walk by faith, then we do good works. We do things working for God because we are saved, not to become saved. You can go to church 50 times a week if you can find that many services, and it won't make you any more righteous than the blood of Christ does. Okay? Understand? So, what Paul is saying here is, remember, guys, you were saved by faith in what Christ did. So don't fall back thinking, oh, I've got to do all of these good things to earn God's favor. You know, it's like when you're in school and you're a little guy in school and you do good and they put a gold star on your paper. Well, guess what? When I read my Bible this morning, Eunice, I don't think God put a gold star next to my name in heaven just because I read the Bible. You know what I'm talking about? Or I came to church tonight, so I got a gold star. 
I got double gold stars because I went Friday and Sunday. I mean, God's got to really love me. Come on now. Uh, we laugh about it, but sometimes that's what we think, and that's the way we act. I've got to do all this stuff for God. And he says, no. Paul, at the very end, in verse 31, he says this. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. God wants us to walk in freedom and in liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? So I just want to encourage you tonight. You were saved because of the broken body and the shed blood of Christ. Not because of anything you did. And so you can't do enough things to please God other than believing in Jesus and accepting him. So I just want to encourage you tonight. Think about the story of Abraham and Hagar and Abraham and Sarah and Ishmael and Isaac and realize that both of these boys were the sons of Abraham, but only one was declared the heir, and that was the one that was the son of promise based on faith. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your time of just being able to share with us. We thank you, Lord, that you gave Jesus to die upon the cross to save us of our sins. Father, we thank you that we have this story in the word of God of a man called the father of faith that had a lapse in faith, uh, made a bad decision. And Father, even today, we can see the repercussions of that decision that was made thousands of years ago. But Father, you still said that he is the father of faith and that he believed you and it was accounted for righteousness. Father, I thank you that even when we as your sons and your daughters, we make mistakes and we make bad decisions, that, Father, you're still there and you still lead us and guide us. And there's nothing we can do to make you love us less and no amount of work that makes you love us more. Because while we were yet sinners, while we were your enemies, you loved us enough to give Christ. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.